to be made whole, to get sound, to get knowledge, understanding, wisdom. Once it's deposited, Father, it's for your glory that it uh, be remaining in our lives to serve our lives, to serve your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, yours is an everlasting kingdom. There is no end. So we can always expect good things at your hand. And we love you for that. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So I thought today we talk about the value of his peace. Amen. The value of his peace. <clears throat> we all know that um, uh, Jesus uh, came to bring uh, peace on earth and we're going to talk about <clears throat> what that actually means because also there are some aspects of uh, sharing Christ's message that brings division and brings a sword and but it eventually brings peace so we're talk about uh, what does peace mean does it really mean the absence of war does it really mean never any conflict uh, what does his peace really, really mean? What is he talking about? In John fourteen twenty seven, uh, he said these words, which are are so profound and, and such a blessing when you hear them. Uh, he says this: um, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled." Neither let it be afraid. You have learned, you have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you love me, you would um, rejoice. Amen. Because I said, I go to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. So really, <clears throat> Jesus wants us to know. That when he talks peace, he's talking something different than we have ever known before. So you can't put anything that God gives us into a worldly category. You cannot put it into a familiar category. And my thinking is that it is something that you must experience in order to know the true meaning of it. And God has ordained for all of us to have experiences whereby we know him, we understand him, and we understand that what he has planned for us is far superior than anything we could have conceived on our own outside of him. Uh, we need to know that when God gives us something, he always gives us something greater than what we leave behind. Uh, don't ever look at what it costs you to serve God because he didn't withhold anything. So he is always the one who's got the greater investment. He's paid the greater price. He let go of everything that was comfortable and familiar to him uh, that was his rightful possession in order to humble himself to the Father that he might pay the ultimate price to redeem humanity. And so when we think about it that way, there is great reason to understand that what we're going to experience in God is far different uh, than anything we've ever experienced in life before. So really, be honest with you, you can't compare the life he has for you with anything else. You know, you can't really say, well, it's worth it, not worth it. Just experience it. You know, be careful when your mind starts to try and compare 
uh, what your life was before. We all know it's better. But if you ponder that too long, you'll stay in that mindset of watching what God does for you to make sure it's worth, you know. And a lot of people do that. You know, people people watch God all the time to measure him. You know, you'll see people that, and, and I always say, you know, uh, right about the time that you're fed up with your life and you're about to get blessed for what you've been doing for God is the time the devil com- com- commands for you to let go of of your faith, let go of believing, let go of, of whatever, whatever. I remember hearing somebody uh, uh, talk about, you know, how the devil would harass them and, and, you know, look at them church people. They don't do you right. And they did. And, and she said, one day I just said, devil, you know what? I don't care how wrong church people do me. I'm not going to go back to serving you again. I'm going to have to tough it out with the saints of God. Amen. And so, you know, it's one of those things where if you just really uh, wrap your head around the fact that everything is fresh and new in God, this everything you experience is of a new brand because you are a different person. You are a new creature. Things are going to be different. They're not going to be familiar to you. You know, God gives you enough of the familiar so you can remind yourself of why you left it. You got me? That's the only thing familiar should do for you is make you be thankful that you don't, that's not all you have in your life anymore. Amen. So we all have great things to look forward to in God. There's never any limit on how much he will bless us, things that he will, uh, take us to and take us through. There's so, there is such a wide expanse of things that we can never ever compare it to anything that we had in our life without Christ. And so, Jesus wants us to have, number one, peace about the new life. He wants you to get peace about leaving the old and endeavoring into the new. And never quit leaving the old. I mean, even when you're in the new, yesterday's experiences are not going to take you through today. You have to have a fresh and new experience with God every day. You know, you shouldn't want the same old. There are some things that will be stable in your life because God wants you to put you on a stable foundation. But look to everything to be fresh and new every day. The Bible says we have new mercies every morning. New mercies for new experiences. New mercies for new opportunities to either do well or take a chance on not doing so well, but you're in the race. Amen. You're in the hunt. You're in the fight. You've got, you've got some skin in the game, as they say. You're invested in what God's doing and you're not just sitting by watching things happen anymore. You actually can get involved in what God is doing. And that's really the best part of it because Jesus wants us to let, to experience this great peace. So that our hearts would not be troubled. Amen. One thing that, that the Lord began to impress upon me, I guess I was interested in it because I had had a nervous breakdown and I, I realized how much worry, fear, 
and just negative emotions and thoughts and, and the things that will, will foster that kind of thinking, how detrimental it was to you, period. It affects you physically, mentally. It affects your relationships, your capacity to accomplish. It It will tear down your whole life. And the Lord told me, he said, the reason that I came to forgive your sins he says, is because the human soul was never created to bear burdens. He said, your mind was not created to bear pressure, burdens, fear, any of that. So I came to take that away from you so that you can live the life that I have ordained for you to live. And so that became my focus, to make sure I stayed free of the burdens, mental burdens, all of those things. Uh, God gave me a, a joy that I can insert into situations where I can laugh at them where they used to depress me for a long time. You understand what I'm saying? There are some things that, that can get you down. You know, if things uh, happen that, that I don't plan or something like that, it kind of takes you off guard. But then I can take it to God. I said, God, I know I'm going to release this to you right now. I said, and just begin the healing process in my soul. Let me start to feel that lightness in my soul again that where I'm carefree and I don't have any burdens. Amen. And so there is a process sometimes of getting yourself into that place where you don't, but mostly, you know, faith in God will repel that stuff off of you. Amen. Uh, there are certain things that God puts in our life as shields against the wicked darts of the enemy. You got me? Their faith is one of them. Amen. Favor is another one. The Bible says he surrounds us with favor as a shield. The shield of favor protects you from disappointment. It protects you from wasting your time in, in endeavors that won't pan out for you. When you're favored, you go to the head of the line. I tell people that all the time. You know, it, 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 well, well, that don't mean I'm better. Than, I didn't say you was better than anybody. I said you go to the head of the line, period. You understand what I'm saying? Just go. Why are you going to question why God does something for you? All our lives, we say, well, I want this and I want that. I never get anything. I'm always late. I'm always last. Well, now you have favor. Huh? So quit your whining and go get, get, get up there where God wants you to be. Amen. You, you know, sometimes you will, uh, the unction will come on you to declare your favor. You understand what I'm saying? I know some woman, I was talking with some woman about, uh, some money that was owed me, uh, by their company and she was saying they hadn't received this and she said, well, what, what, what I want you to do? I said, no, let me tell you how it's going to go. I said, this is what we're going to do. You're going to give me credit for that right now. I said, and you're going to take that off my bill, and you're going to take my word for it until you sort out what happened to that stuff I sent back to you. And she said, okay. I said, I know it's okay. You know why? Because God will give you an unction to know you don't wait for stuff. that You don't wait for the devil to return something he's stolen from you. It's bad enough y'all stealing. Amen. But you're going to give it up today. 
Amen. I remember when somebody owed me money and, and it took me two years to get it all back. And Pastor, I told Pastor, I said, you know, I finally got that. But she said, wow. She, wow, Baba, you hardcore. Said, yeah, Baba hardcore on that devil. He ain't stealing from me. He stole enough from me already. We've given enough to his cause. Amen. So we're not going to give him anything anymore. You're going to stop him. Keep your foot on his neck everywhere that you see him manifest. And that's part of your peace. Amen. Like he, he can't steal anything from you. That's what peace really, really means. So when Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled, what he means is, don't you worry about anything. I got you covered. Amen. I've got this for you. So he said, when they would tell people to go their way in peace. If somebody, something uh, happened and, and you negotiated with somebody or you shared something, especially with somebody in, in authority, you would see this phrase in the Bible a lot. Go your way in peace. Amen. That means you left the problem here. Don't worry about it anymore. You keep it moving because this is taken care of. Amen. Now that you let me know about it, it's taken care of. And this is what we do in prayer. Amen. When, when we, when Philippians 4, let me, we'll jump, jump there real quick because just because I'm mentioning it now, I was going to do it later. Everything you'd think you got the order of it. Philippians 4, 7. And this is the same thought about go your way in peace. And it says, uh, um, uh, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now, you can't get any kind of peace with God without entering into his presence first. You know, you sit there in your little mind and try to conjure up a happy thought to take you out of a bad mood. You're on the wrong road. So he says, come into his presence first. Rejoice. In the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. He said, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. In other words, don't flip out on nobody. No, you know, let all men, in other words, operate in peace, goodwill, uh, good gestures and love toward everybody. Amen. Don't be selective. He says, be careful for nothing or anxious for nothing or don't take a care. Don't you be bothered. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. In prayer, that's where your petition is made. The Bible tells us we have to ask according to his will. And if we ask according to his will, we know he hears us. So you get your Bible out. You find out what the will of God is for your particular situation. And then you make your request known according to the covenant which you have with God. God, I thank you for, for the fact that I am healed by your stripes. And this pain is bothering me today. And I am thank you to take this pain away. And I rebuke you pain in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for sending your healing balm to my body right now in the name of Jesus. And And you supplicate. To supplicate means to... Uh, the word really meant to uh, bear an olive branch. So what you're doing is you're coming to make peace with God in every area 
of your life. So a good suppliant searches their heart to find out if there's any just cause why they can't receive of their covenant. God, I thank you. And, and Father, forgive me. If you know, and, and rattle it off. You understand what I'm saying? You know you was, was mean to 80 and you didn't get, you lied to somebody and told them you was going to do this for them and you never kept your word. You understand what I'm saying? You know what you did. We all do. And if you short on memory, the Holy Ghost is there to remind you and put you under conviction for it. And I'd rather do that and receive what God has for me than to keep my pride and try to pretend like I don't do nothing wrong. Huh? You step out of your car and you'll do something wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's just wrong out here to do. You understand? Wrong is everywhere. If you don't believe it, you try to be good for three or four days and see see what happens to you. The devil will come to your door triple time just to show you. Look at that. Same old flesh. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Now what happens to to our iniquity and our flesh and all that when we're uh, super saint? Super saint. Super saint. You know, really there's a veil within us that shrouds between your flesh and your spirit. And when you yield to God, he drops the veil. So you just as nice and pleasant and friendly and, huh? I see the devil comes and pokes and gets you out from under the veil. The flesh uh, manifests itself. He'll try all he can to do that. But see, if you, if you got a good renewed mind, what you do is you grab the word. Minute he pulls you out, you grab the word and you let the word minister to you. And this is how we live. Amen. You, you, you'll find out that, that you are not quote unquote perfect and that you don't have flaws. You just been walking the straight and narrow with Jesus. You've been yoked up to him mainly by accident for most of us. Huh? <laughs> I found out that if I keep my mind stayed on the Lord and stay in joy, I don't make nearly as many mistakes as I. So we learn how to walk in the spirit. Amen. We learn how to do these things. And so that's when God is, is, is close to us. When we, the supplication is very important. Now I'm all for confessing the word. I'm all for doing all of these things, but I don't believe that you can't go to God and bear your heart before him and tell him what's on your mind and get, that's what supplication is. And you do that until you get peace. Huh? What is that peace? That means that there's nothing now standing between you and him anymore. Amen. So that's what supplication. Prayer. Thanksgiving. Always. Don't go to God complain about you never get this and you never get that because you never will. So you go to him and you get yourself, you know, the, I think the faith people calls it, call it pleading your case before God. Everybody's got something different for it, but that's really what the scripture means. And when you come out of that place of thanksgiving and supplication, then, then the peace of God will descend upon you. That's his holy handshake to you. It says, you got this. He says, you did good when you came into the throne room. Amen. You and I became of one mind. Because I don't like the fact that you you have a hard time forgiving your family members. 
You understand? I don't like the fact that you, because that hinders your relationship with me, and I want to be close to you all the time. You understand what I'm saying? So it's good for you, and it's good for me, and it's good for us. So it's good when you go into the throne room of God to release all of that nonsense, to get it all out of you. And God, I'm sick of being the one I always got to run after them and repent and try to be friends with them. I'd rather they just go somewhere and leave me alone. Huh? But forgive me, Lord. I know you have a higher standard for me to, you understand what I'm saying. That's supplication, folks. But what God wants you to know is that no conversation is off limits between you and him. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. And you know, and I know that the reason auntie is in your life is because you still got work to be done on you. So these things are blessings in disguise because through them we we learn how to conform more to the image of Christ. And that's really what this whole thing is about. It's not about your prosperity, even though that's important to God. It's not about your your things that you like and it's not about the biggie in your life. It's about you conforming to the image of Christ. And so God will let us know that. But but when you leave the throne, there has to be that holy handshake. Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Amen. Your mind tries to grasp it. It can't grasp it. And this is your peace, which comes as a shield. Amen. Because it will guard your heart or keep your heart and your mind. So peace keeps you from going nuts about what's not right in your life. Peace keeps you from from um, feeling abandoned in your hour of need. Peace keeps you in that place of expectation of good in God. So you must have his peace. This is a this is a must have. Amen. The peace of God lets you know everything is all right everywhere. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing missing. There's nothing um, left out there that's not dealt with. It's a wonderful feeling to know. You know, when it, it, if you understand that when when trouble comes, it's not a big tragedy. Like you can't get out of it or you haven't done something that that God can't forgive you for and fix for you. That's a wonderful feeling. I know Christians who live in the condemnation of the devil continually. Because they don't take the time to develop relationship with God to understand what these things are all about. To understand what their covenant and understand their responsibility Amen. And keeping the covenant. We got to keep our end of it too. Amen. It's like, can you love people? Can you forgive people when they do wrong? Can you ask them to? Can you go apologize to somebody sometime? Can you do that? And see, really, if if that's really all it takes for you to keep covenant with God, most people will say that's easy. But I guarantee you there's people all the time mad at somebody. They don't treat me right. Or count to see if they speaking to you today. You understand what I'm saying? Are you speaking to them? Amen. Are you, are you refusing to settle for broken relationship and broken? Are you refusing to settle for that because you have a covenant with God that provides so much more? 
And we have to be aggressive in this love and this peace that God's given us. No, God, my mind isn't settled about this. I'm, I show me a way. Amen. Show me how. And this is how we live life. God, show me a way to get over this. Show me a way to when people fail you doing the same thing over and over and over again. God, show me a way to maintain your peace. Show me a way to maintain fellowship with this. This person is my relative. This person is my near kids. This person, you understand what I'm saying? This person is in my church. Show me a way to to have good fellowship with this individual. And God will show you. Amen. He will show you. And don't think you're a, a big person for doing it. You're only doing what's required. Amen. You're doing the minimum. Amen. So just don't get all squishy with yourself. You know what I'm saying? You just come on now. Just, just do it. As they say. So what does God mean to when he talks about peace? Amen. That word really means completeness. Where you were fragmented before. You're worried about this bill. You're worried about that bill. You're worried about, you know, your health. You're worried, I mean, your holiday's coming up. Am I going to be short? Do I have to rob Peter to pay Paul to get gifts for everybody? And everybody's asking for this. And I know so-and-so likes this. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. See what I'm saying? So it means completeness. It means that when you have God's, <clears throat> you have his promise and his oath that this is not your worry. This is for him to get glory out of this situation. This is for him for provision. One of the things that we do that, that I've seen, seen ob- observed with people is that somehow they, they wind up in this condemnation that God's provision is not sufficient. You got me? It's like this. If, say for instance, if you, you don't have a lot of money and you decide you're gonna make gifts for Christmas and, and you set your hand to making them and you're good at what you do. Sometimes you picked up a new skill or a new craft and you decide, oh, I'm gonna do this, maybe I'll make ornaments for everybody or, you know, something like that or put their children's names on them or find a little swiffy, spiffy way to do that kind of stuff. Instead of rejoicing in that God has answered your prayer, the devil makes you watch everybody else buying stuff. See? And we'll think God's provision. See, you, you resent that you can't buy. Cause somehow that's better. So you wind up in the condemnation that God's provision isn't good enough. You see what I'm saying? So you watch yourself. You, you, you have to watch. You know, we play this song, Little Drummer Boy, all the time. Uh, I have no gifts to bring. All I got, I can drum. Huh? And and we like that. But we don't like it when it comes and lands on our doorstep. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So if it's right in the song, it's got to be right in your life, too. And see, God will test us on these things. He really will. He'll test us to see if we hold on to trusting him and trusting that what he is doing is the right thing to do in our lives. Amen. 
It just, we just have to learn how to live in his realm more than living in the realm of, of natural things. And so when he promises completeness, what he wants you to understand is he wants you to live in a place where your mind isn't torn in 35 different directions. You're concerned about this and I shouldn't have done that and this will never get better and when is this going to happen for me and how is that going to square with everybody and what am I going to do here? He completes us because he takes all of our, if we'll give them to him, he'll take all of our cares, all of our troubles, all of our difficulties and he'll put them in him. And then he'll start making provision in every area that we need. So completeness also refers to the fact that all provision is already set aside. It's already set aside for you. Now, you've got to learn how to cultivate that mindset. Because there are many things that will happen in your life that will take you by surprise. And when you're surprised and you're disturbed, his peace will leave you. Amen. And so we have to, above all things, learn how to maintain his peace. Because his peace really means that you've already accepted that the provision's there. And when you start worrying about things, you let that go and you begin to think God didn't take care of this. It's never going to happen. Yada, yada. So we must, above all things, hold on to peace. Not things, peace. Because peace is more important than things. Peace means things are taken care of. But if we go back to worrying again, then we take ourselves out of his covenant of peace and out of his directive to us to stay in peace. Amen. There's a scripture that tells us to let peace be our umpire. That lets you know you're on safe territory. If there's no peace, you go back to the throne room until you get your peace settled. You understand what I'm saying? You get it. You know, you're not supposed to just push it out of your mind and, you know, not think about it. But you are to get it dealt with. You've got to get that assurance that it's on the way. You gotta get that understanding that God has made provision already. It's laid up for you and it's waiting for you to receive it by faith and get peace about it. You know, he's not, he's not just playing it, uh, a step at a time. He's already laid up. See, if it's already laid up from the foundation of the earth, God didn't lay it up when you got saved. It was already there. That's how you got saved. Amen. So so it's been laid up for you. It's part of eternity. You're part of eternity because you belong to God. So everything that's eternal is a package deal. So how can your mistakes and mess ups mess that up? Except in your mind, you understand what I'm saying? Devil can pick your little head, rent space up there. You understand what I'm saying? For free. For sure. He's just all up in there. 
Uh, look what you did. You ain't no good. Uh, you going back right back them same old habits. <laughs> you know. That's got nothing to do with your inheritance. The old you didn't have nothing coming anyway, but a, a fiery, <laughs> but a fiery hell. <laughs> you, oh, you, the old you was broke, busted, disgusted, disinherited. Huh? It didn't know nothing. It thought you was happy sometimes. But they had nothing. Amen. So Jesus really came to take the burden of disqualification off of us. Amen. Now you're going to have to pay the price to renew your mind to who you are. You understand what I'm saying? You can't go around with the same carnal mindset. You know how it is people when they get in trouble, they think about what Peter and Paul they can rob, you know, to pay things off and how they can maneuver things around, manipulate a little bit here and a little bit there and see what they can do. When God has it already laid up for you, all you got to do is come clean. Amen. Before his throne, say, God, listen, I'm I'm really messed up now. I don't know how you're going to do this, but your word tells me that you will take care of me. And it didn't stipulate, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, the conditions, just that you are my source. You're my God. You're my maker. You're my creator. Amen. You're my provider. You're everything to me. And so I'm just asking you, Lord, to forgive me and, and help me. But I, I really want my provision to come so that I won't have to suffer loss. Amen. Nobody, don't don't sit up and let stuff get taken out of your life because you think you deserve it because you messed up. You know, don't sit around and let the devil just pick you clean and rob you blind. That's not God's covenant. His, see, when, when, when he... A covenant in blood really removes a penalty for for your wrongdoing. So there's no punishment on this covenant. There's just craziness sometimes among God's people that makes them think they deserve it. You you quit listening to the devil long enough, you'll find out your sins are forgiven. Huh? You have to be ashamed of anything. You know, people it's you know, ashamed of their past or what they've done and all of that. Now that might work for a minute to make you feel holier than what you did before, but seriously, time's a waste and you need to get to getting into this new covenant so you can start making up for all that ripoff that happened to you while you were out of the, the will of God. And so that's when God's glorified. That's when He's pleased with us. When we go, when we actually act like new creatures. We actually act like we have no sin, no shame, no past, no background, no, when we act like new creatures and boldly go charging into life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, receiving what God has for us, being blessed and being a blessing. Amen. And so that's what he delights in. So when he talks about peace, Completeness. That's where they get the phrase, nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. Your stuff is not damaged. Quit accepting damaged or missing things are almost what you ask for. Those things don't come from God. 
you know, sometimes, uh, and uh, you know, God taught me how to stop that. He said, quit letting your soul and your guilt and your feelings of unworthiness diminish what I'm giving you. He said, stop accepting almost. He said, I don't send you almost. What I send you is complete and intact. And so I started adding when I would expect. I would say, well, God, I thank you. And I expect exceeding abundantly beyond what I can ask or think. And when I was, I would receive something, I check it to see if, if there was more there than what I asked for. Amen. And I said, well, God, I thank you. You show me that when I do that, I receive exactly what you have for me. And, and not diminish it. It was important for me not to do the takeaway from what God was promising. You understand what I'm saying? Like, who are you to alter? When he spoke it out of his mouth, he knew he wanted to give it to you. So who are you to say you don't deserve it? Are you supposed to get less? Huh? Now, you may think that's really being super spiritual, but I think it's being super crazy. Huh? That we let the fornicators and drug dealers and crackheads have more than we get? Seriously? And they don't think twice about having the best of the world's good. You know, not that we covet them. If God puts it on your heart to pray for certain things and expect certain things and do it. Amen. And if you don't want it, he'll tell you exactly who it's for. (laughs) But he wants you to possess it. Amen. That don't mean it's all for you. (laughs) get a grip on yourself so it means completeness and soundness to be sound means to have no defects no takeaways no weaknesses no frailties let the weak say that's right that's covenant talk that's that's how you talk in god's covenant amen you might have felt weak when you got up, but trust me, you, you keep meditating on your strength and your, your wholeness and your soundness. Amen. I, I was getting up in the mornings and I noticed one, <laughs> she knows always something, they're always up there in the middle of the night and done something to my eye. And I noticed one eye was, you know, it looked a little shady on, I said, oh, no, my eye is not dim and my natural strength is not abated, devil. I, you better get right in Jesus' name. You get right, I, in the name. You are not dim, I. You get right in the name of Jesus. So I consider that little things to exercise your faith on. Because I don't want, I know for a fact they get big in a hurry. Amen. And so I call it nipping the little things in the bud instead of, you know, we'll just ignore it. It ain't that bad. No, it's bad. It's from hell and it's bad. It's not what God promised me and it's bad. And I'm not going to receive it. Amen. I'm bad. It ain't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get bad stuff. Amen. We ain't signing for nothing that's worthless and bad. Amen. I was talking to somebody. I uh, ordered some something, uh, some T-shirts. I think I was on eBay, and this guy's slow about sending me my money back because I gave him a negative, um, what a feedback thing. And he said, "Well, um, if you take the negative feedback off, I'll send the money back." I said, "No, you're gonna send me my money back. Period. No conditions. Amen. 
because this stuff didn't get here on time. You know, you didn't send it. I saw it. I saw it when they sent it. You know how they send you on the tracking thing. You see when it gets to the post office and it was still there seven days later. You didn't see it moving along where they stamped it, put it on a truck at my house. None of that was on there. So he said, well, uh, I can't help with the post. I said, well, that's too bad. I said, you're a business person. You understand people need their stuff when they want it. You understand what I'm saying? I said, so please send me my refund. So I sent it back to him. You know, and you only get seven days, you know, for a lot of this stuff. So I sent it back to him the seven-day period of time. And so uh, I never saw the money come back. So I went, I called ebay and i talked to this very nice gentleman there and so he said yeah i said um, uh yeah miss williams uh uh he was hemming and hard trying to find it i said well i'll give you a minute you need a minute yeah give me a minute so i can look this up i want to say because don't you start ad-libbing and lying and telling me i can't have my money because i ain't for that today you understand it's the day after christmas <laughs> the bill's getting ready to hit my mailbox you know what i'm saying don't mess with me. So anyway, he was saying, uh, yeah, I can, uh, he said, the only thing is that is, it falls into one of them categories where we can't refund you your, uh, what do you say, your postage. I had to pay for the postage to send it back. We can't do that. I said, oh, really? And he said, well, he said, the thing of it is, he said, what, what we have here in our possession, is what we have. I said, oh, you don't have no override where he said, no, nah, we don't have none of that. <laughs> no override to send me my postage. But he must have had enough to send me something because it was more than what I, it didn't quite cover all the postage, but it was more than what that thing really cost. You see what I'm saying? So he kind of like emptied the till. So I told him, I said, you know, you got a smooth voice, brother. I said, I ain't hitting on you. I'm old enough to be your grandmother. I said, but I'm just telling you. I said, do you preach? He said, um, no, ma'am. He said, but to be honest with you, I do have me a little internet radio program. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you to do well in that. I said, because you got the pipes, brother. And I just, I said, because I'm almost happy, and you didn't give me all my money I was looking for. So I said, I'm going to pray you use that the way God wants you to use it, you know. So, you know, it, it's it's good to be peaceful with people, but I was sincere about it. You know, I wasn't trying to flatter him. I was very sincere in that he's gifted, and he knows it, and he's trying to make that gift make room for him. You understand? Well, I'm in the business of helping gifts make room for people. You understand what I'm saying? So, so you know, these things are always essential. It's essential when we um, make contact with people that we leave them whole and complete too. You understand what I'm saying? Now, back in the day, I would have ranted and raved and asked to speak to this person and that person and told everybody off and still not got all my money. You understand what I'm saying? But but when you you have God's peace in you, you can share that with other people. You can leave them whole as well. You don't have to leave them with a headache and sorry they came to work and who is this crazy woman on here? She say she old. She don't talk like no old person. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, we, we have to, to understand that that is why part of the reason you have this completeness and soundness within you is that you can share that and live that and, and bless others with it.
Uh, peace also means welfare, whatever's for your benefit and for your good. To be at peace means to have your welfare looked after, that you are well. You know, when you would see in, in the Bible, people would say, is it well with so-and-so? It is well. Amen. In other words, and what they were saying, that was, remember Elijah with the, the woman, the Shunammite woman, and her son had died, and she ran and took the baby to him, the boy to him, and he asked her, is it well? Well, what that meant was, do you have a sense in you that this is going to work out? In other, in other words, is your faith there for this to work out the way you want it to work out? Is Do you have a sense in God that your request is going to be answered according, you understand what I'm saying, according to what you desire? And when you can say it's well, it's mean, it means that you have faith that uh, this thing will turn in your favor. I was asked by somebody to come and pray for a family member and they they sent me a text and and uh told me they said it is well oh all is well can you do so and so and such and such and such and such and so I said oh okay I said and I felt immediately that they had heard from God that God wanted me to do this and it was going to work and it did you understand what I'm saying you don't have to be frantic about things, you know. And afterwards, and after I prayed for the person and so forth and so on, I told the person, I said, you know what? I said, it was so easy for me to minister to them. I said, I can tell that you prayed for it. And she said, yeah, I did. You know, she just kind of put her head down and, and, and it agreed, you know, not in the... Not in any kind of boastful way or anything like that, but she, she did, she was already full of confidence that God was going to do what He wanted to turn that thing around for them that day. And He did. Amen. It's a blessing to be able to pray for people like that, you know, because a lot of people, once they feel, you know, they got it, they don't involve anybody else, which can be a mistake sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? Because you have it. It's like when, if you look in the Bible, people would take somebody to the man or woman of God and they would do it in full confidence that they, like Naaman. Remember the little, uh, uh, Hebrew servant girl in their household? Oh boy, if we were only in, you know, the man of God could heal him of his leprosy. And so there was a faith there. That when he presented himself to the man of God, it's already done. You got me? And so this is the way we need to live, but we need to find out what's going to complete that thing and not be hanging on forever and ever without putting it before God. God, if there's something missing that needs to be added here, I'm open to whatever that is. You know, this, I want my child well, or I want my kid to live, or I want whatever I want. But if there's a, a minister or an anointing that will intervene and complete that for me, direct me to it. See, it's often not just a one-person show, folks. You, you've got to find out where God's going to. Like, you know, when people say, I knew if I got to church, I'd get healed. You know, that's the same concept. There's a completeness and a wholeness there. And it's a relief because you don't have to have all the answers to every everything. My goodness, that is a blessing for us 
to be able to present ourselves before the altar of God and know that he'll complete the thing for us. So it's, it's, you're never in this by yourself. You, you must understand that God already has the time, the place and everything for the release of your completeness and the release of your blessing. Amen. So completeness in numbers, that means nothing missing. Amen. It means soundness in body. Nothing broken. It means safety, welfare, and of course health. It means prosperity. And that means that your labor is never in vain. Now people will take all the the money they have saved for years and invested in a business that fails. Well, God has promised, you know, if it does fail on you, you get a comeback. You got to stay in there and keep coming back, though. Other than that, it will be a failure. The only thing that fails is that you quit pursuing it. That's it. See, what people do sometimes is they they make a mistake and they get scared. And they think it's all up, it's up to the number one. There's too much pride involved in it. You need to fail just so you know you need God so you can be successful. Amen. And so if there's too much of you involved in it, trying to run everything and think about everything and direct everything and know everything and know the future and all this kind of stuff, then God will let you see that that's not going to work for you. Because he is always your partner in everything. In fact, you partner with him. He's the lead. You're the one who's following and, and receiving the benefits. But you need to know that your labor is never in vain if God promises you prosperity. Now, we have to set our hands to it, you know, in order to receive the blessing. But once you set your hand to it, your labor is never in vain. Amen. It's, I don't care what it is you're working on, it's gonna work. You can be tinkering with the, the simplest, craziest little thing. Look at some of the things that, that people have made millions of dollars off of. Some of the gadgets and toys that they, that little Rubik's Cube, that thing went around the world, they sold so many and probably still selling them. And who would have thought that something that simple, mind blowing and crazy would net somebody millions of dollars. It's the same thing with many things that people will invent and people will, you just have to set your hand to it. Now, you can't do it for a minute and if you don't get the money you think you're going to get, go and drop it. I'm talking about something that you're committed to that you will be able to continue in and prosper in, period. I was uh, I chatted with uh, Prophetess Kelly Cruz uh, for a little bit today, and I told her, I said, you know, I said, I had started reading your last book recently. I said, I picked it up again yesterday, and I started going through it. I said, there's stuff in here that people would, would take them years to research and find out how to navigate your way you know she talked about things that you can do that are inexpensive to get your ministry started she's talking about people's excuses and what they say is keeping them from doing things and and i'm a firm believer that your problem is not money your problem's faith you understand what i'm saying it's never money it's never money because god didn't tell you you could have stuff if you got enough money he told you if you believed 
And see, what happens with people who are stuck in money is their brain bounces back and forth between faith and money, faith and money, faith and money. I gotta have this so I can get this. I gotta have this. Once you can stop your brain from bouncing back and forth, huh? And settle into, see, people think, and this is the thing, faith is right at hand. Money may take a long time to get here, but they'd rather believe they're waiting on money than to start developing their faith. Because we have much more confidence in the natural realm than we do in the realm of the spirit. Realm of the spirit is a kind of a, a, a mystery in, in many respects for most of us. But we're afraid that we can't navigate through that mystery and we say, oh, well, just, just, you know, give me the money. Well, I, I, I don't have the money. Oh, when I get the money, I'll, you understand what I'm saying. And they, they settle in and money is my problem because they're nervous if they let go of that. See, if I let go of the fact that I'm waiting on money, then I feel really stupid because I could have been using my faith all the time. Well, feel stupid and get over it and start using your faith. Amen? Because that really is the bottom line with everything. You see these people build these big ministries. I mean, most of them do it on faith. Some of them do it the other way. You know what I'm saying. I told you all about the mailing list and the big numbers and the, you know, people who are, are, are uh, consultants can tell you how many people you can get on a mailing list, how much money you can expect from them people every month, how often you got to send the letters out, what kind of letters to send to get certain responses. Amen. So that's how many of them are being built now when they get up into millions and billions. But many are doing the same level of ministry just on simple faith. They'll say stuff like, you know, I just, one day we just started, things just started coming in. They just started happening. And and after that, I didn't sweat money anymore because it keeps coming in and it keeps coming in and it keeps coming in. Why? Because they've gotten their their faith in order. They've gotten their lifestyle to where they're not, you know, taking chances with anything and overriding and, and getting out where they're not in faith and don't have peace. They live a disciplined kind of a life so that it keeps coming like that. Amen. And so there are, are ways to do it, but faith is always going to be your bottom line in success in anything. It is do you believe and do you hold on to your believing in adverse situations because there come a point where you may think faith doesn't work it's taking too long it's not getting me there i i don't want this to drag out forever i want to speed it up and and so there's all kinds of warfare over your faith to stay in faith to keep in peace you know and, and at the end of the day if you can say god you know what it was a struggle today a little bit but i held on to your word I'm going to bed tonight with peace in my heart that I held on to your word for another day. Amen. And I know your word is going to come to pass. It cannot fail. Amen. And so if we can can continue to counsel ourselves in the power of the word, then our faith will remain strong. But if we cease counseling ourselves in the power of the word, 
then our faith will waver and, and it will fizzle out, diminish, et cetera, et cetera. But there will come a time, a come a day where that faith will be, get locked in there and it's immovable and, and nothing can remove it and the manifestation will be totally there of whatever else, of whatever it is that you're, you have your peace about. You have to have peace means that I know it's taken care of. You know, when you put down the mental striving and the, the mental, um, uh, whatever, you know, back and forth, when that mental argument, when you know how to cast that down and say, no, devil, I'm believing God today. You know, I, in spite of how I feel, I'm believing God. You know, but in spite of what's going on, I'm trusting God. Amen. And God will come through for me. Amen. So he, it also means soundness in body. We said that. We talked about prosperity, meaning your labor is not in vain. So it's it's okay to go out and pursue some things. It's okay to venture out of the, the straight jacket of life that most everybody else lives in. It's okay to do that. Amen. Peace means friendship, shalom. That word, uh, the uh, 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 Hebrew word is shalom. It means also means friendship. That means that your enemies are not a factor. It means friendship with anyone and anybody. Even if you're not quote-unquote friends with them, the potential is there to make friends out of enemies. Amen. It means good human relationships. You know, I, I feel bad for some of these people I see on Facebook always talking about, uh, don't, don't waste your time with people who aren't going where you going. Well, you ain't going nowhere but on Facebook. I don't see you going nowhere. You right here every day talking the same stuff over and over again. Or, you know, if some people exit your life, let them go. Well, you don't have any choice, they're gone. Right. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe I live in a different world than they live, but, you know, this is stupid. It does nothing but keep people irritated about nothing. To be upset because you have a, a broken fellowship with somebody. And then later on that person sees you and they don't have anything against you. You feel stupid. Yeah. You thought you thought they were in, meant you evil. Going to steal your life from you like you got so much. If you on Facebook worried about them and talking about them, you must not have much going on. It means... Friendship with God in covenant. That's the best part of peace. God is always your friend. He's never your enemy. You have friendship with him in covenant, which means he is your friend forever. Amen. It also means to be finished, which means there's no toil in what you want. Uh, shalom takes the toil out of the things that we desire in life. Expect it to be easy. Don't expect it to be hard. 
You know, there are times when I would say, I said, oh boy, here I go. I got to start from scratch, yada, yada, da. And, you know, I thought about it. I said, well, Lord, why would I even put that in the situation? I'm going to expect it to be easy. Because you said it is. Your yoke is easy. And I'm going to hook up with you on this one, God. Let you carry the lead. Let you take the lead. Do all the thinking. Do all the planning. Amen. It means to be finished. And and that word, you know, being finished, um, sometimes people have a challenge with that because they're so accustomed to thinking that God requires effort in everything. You mean I don't even have to say it? I don't have to confess it? I don't have to say this? I don't have to say, you know what I'm saying? It's like you can easily get into works in anything that God has us involved in. You know, it's like when the Bible said Abraham considered not, I thought, man, that's a big challenge for a lot of people because we think we're not going to have what we need if we're not continually saying it. You know, Mark eleven twenty three. Oh, you got to say it. Say is mentioned in that passage of scripture X number of times, believes one time and, you know, come on. God is not a formula. He's not a six says to one believe. He's not a ratio of how many times you got to say it versus how many times you got to know you believe it. In fact, God is a God of consider not. Just like Abraham didn't consider the fact that he this son wasn't here yet. And how many of us can say that we live in that realm where we're so locked in to God's faithfulness? So I think sometimes in order to get there, we need to meditate on the faithfulness of God. God, you you have fulfilled every prophecy you ever said about Jesus was fulfilled. Over and over again in the Bible, you said that it might be fulfilled, that was spoken, that it might, and it came to pass, that it might be fulfilled. That takes a faithful God. And if he's faithful over his word, and you're believing his word, see, we take things too personal. Is he going to do it for me? What's wrong with you? Huh? When me gets in the equation, that's when we really mess up. So the best thing to do is take me out. God, you did it for Moses, you'll do it for me. God, you do it for everybody because you're faithful to your word. Whoever believes your word gets it. You don't look at who's believing, you look at faith. If he looked at who's believing half them people that got healed when Jesus walked the earth would never have been healed. He's no respecter of persons. He's looking for faith. The Bible says that. When the Son of Man returns, shall he find, not me and not you, but shall he find faith. Whoever is coming from. Amen. And so God honors his word. He is a covenant keeping God. And that's why we have peace. See, it's it's here. What we need is here. We just have to be bold enough to bring it up to ourselves in the now. 
See, I always like to say, if you believe God for now, now can be any time. Now can be right now. Now can be in two hours. Now can be tomorrow. Now can be next week. But always embrace it now. God, I receive that now. I have that now. That is mine now. And I thank you for it now. It's here now. And if you keep saying now, now we'll get here. It'll be now at some point. (laughs) Amen. So it might as well be now. Amen. So, and this is the way to look at what God has for us because he has no reason to want to delay things. So the delay is not coming from him. It's really coming from us and our traditional way of thinking about things. Or, you know, we let the devil steal them from us. You know what I'm saying? With negative thinking, et cetera, et cetera. No, it's, it's now. Everything, everything that the atonement paid for is now. Your salvation is now. You don't pray with people to, to receive Christ and tell them it's going to manifest in a few days. It manifests now. Amen. <laughs> he died for you for you to receive now. So, um, it also means to be finished. We said that to be safe. And to be unharmed. So nobody's going to break into your house and, and tie you up and steal stuff and steal your dog and uh, all that kind of stuff. You'll be safe and unharmed as long as you, you walk with God. You understand what I'm saying? He's your safety. He's your freedom from harm. See? You walk in faith in God's word, in his covenant, you know? I know when uh, 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 Tippy and Tone and Rachel, when they moved, I started looking out the window. I said, what's out there? What's out there? And I said, oh, wait a minute. Ain't nothing nothing out there no more than it was when they were here. You understand what I'm saying? And Cece, you don't know where he might go hide if something really leap off. <laughs> Two-gun Pete running around there. You don't know what people going to do, what's going to leap off when something really jumps off. So I just always took god's word for it you know what i'm saying that yeah that he keeps me in peace and intact safe and unharmed amen different places in the bible were named about uh named for different aspects of shalom shiloh is a word that they believe refers to jesus amen Amen. The, one of the prophecies, I think it was a prophecy over Judah, said that uh, their seed would not um, uh, not diminish from the earth until Shiloh come. And Shiloh is the peace bringer. That's what that means. It means peace bringer. And everybody believes it refers to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he did come from the tribe of Judah. Amen. Solomon means peaceful. Salem or Jerusalem means teaching of peace. Jehovah Shalom, God is our peace. And Absalom, my father is peace. Amen. So many, they so honored 
the value of the covenant of peace that God had with Israel, that they use that word over and over and over again to bring people into understanding that they had a covenant with God. So as much as a word is spoken, that means that that word is deposited in somebody's heart and their mind and it's thought of to bring them into peace. Amen. The peace offering. There were three separate offers. Number number 614. There was a burnt offering, the sin offering, and the peace offering. The sin offering was different from the peace offering. Jesus was sin offering and peace offering in one. But also uh, the when the rams were where one ram was slain and the other one had the the sins pronounced on its soul and it was loosed into the wilderness, signifying that God has taken this life and that life means your sins are remembered no more. But the the true peace offering was something that empowered you to live a sinless life. Because how could those people go out and expect to obey God's covenant and be blessed if they didn't believe they could live a sinless life? So the peace offering was offered up so that your wholeness, your soundness, your completeness could come. You've sinned and you've been damaged, but we've got to do something to replace that damage with wholeness and soundness and completeness and put you on a new path. And so, and, and this is the important thing about life in God. This is why we get the power from on high. This is what differentiates us from the Baptists, from the Presbyterians, from the quote unquote evangelicals who get you saved, but don't get you empowered. Because if you just get saved, and all you know is your sins are forgiven. You can go out weak, feeble, fearful, scared you're going to mess up. And you wind up messing up anyway. Because you don't have the power to live a sinless life. Then when you sin and you go back to church and you tell somebody, Oh, I messed up. Well, you just going to mess up. That's all. Ain't nobody perfect. You got me? And what it did was it robbed people of the shalom of God that he died to give us so that we would be whole and complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. When you have the peace of God and you have that empowerment with God, it tells you that even though you're sinned, you go right back to where you found Christ and you tell him about it and He, you confess it, he cleanses you, forgives you, and because you're clean, you have nothing hanging on you to stop you from going forward to live a sinless life. See, it's not just praying in tongues. And see, they, the devil gets people hung up in tongues. And tongues is of the devil. And you don't know what you're talking about. No, but you know what? I have something that I bet you haven't run into yet. I have the assurance that I'm a complete person. And I don't have to when I sin one time. You know, and eventually they leave the church. Come back when they get old and gray and can't fornicate no more. That's very common in churches. You understand what I'm saying? 
And see, when God has given us his shalom, his peace, we're complete, whole, and entire. Nothing's missing from you or me. But we've got to learn how to live the experience of it. And it takes humility to do it. You come back after you've messed up and you feel dirty. You feel like you messed up. You can't get right no more. You can't get this. You If you stay with what he told you, God, if I confess my sins, your faith, and I'm going to sit here until I know that I'm clean, just like when I first got saved. Instead of coming in church, playing games with people. Trying to act like you don't do what you know you're doing. And you keep doing it. That's how they get defeated and keep sinning even after they be saved. And then they shy away from the church because they don't feel like they think everybody else feels. You know the whole nine yards. The devil will kill you with condemnation if you don't know how to stay in your word till you get that experience that God says you have. If you don't know you're whole and complete, you stay with that word until you know you're whole and complete. You don't have to live on cracked eggshells, afraid of making a mistake. God, I'm out here doing my best. If I, if when I sin, I have an advocate. Y'all come to you or my lawyer. You'll get me out of the condemnation of my mind. You'll get me out of the jail of my feelings. You get me out of that game playing around the saints like it's nothing wrong with me and I know I'm broken on the inside. You understand what I'm saying? So it takes the game out of the, his covenant of peace takes the game out of your life. It takes the temptation to pretend. And then when you master a little bit, you want to condemn everybody else. You know, you people, uh, thank you, people were on these funny diets and stuff and you know, it's the same thing. It's religion. They're hooked in, in a religious mindset too. You know, they go on a diet for a month and lose 20 pounds and then come and want to preach to everybody and then they start gaining it back. You understand what I'm, I mean, that's just the way it is. I'm not lying. You see it, I see it. And the new age people do it. Well, I'm a vegan. You eat meat? Yeah, I'm going to eat yours too. You order me a hamburger and don't touch it. Somebody that ratted on the McDonald's. Who is that got that, uh, uh, yeah, Burger King. They, yeah, they say there's like, uh, uh, so much estrogen and it's like equivalent to a whole thing of birth control pills or something. One of them. How you think they make t- stuff taste like meat? You got to put hormones in it. Because they can't put fat in there. Or it would be meat. But see, that's supposed to make you better than the person that eats meat. And see, if the church don't get out of that nonsense, we'll miss God every single time. You know, the minute we get somewhere and, and mastered something for a little bit of time, and you know, God is is got a sense of humor. He'll make you run into trouble with that same thing you think you mastered. Because you can't take the glory from him. 
If you got rid of it, you, you know, you know what? She said, I don't know how I quit smoking. I don't, I just know I got prayed for and the taste left me. Now I'm not going to tell you I'm a, a super saint or nothing, but I got delivered. You understand? I got delivered. Uh huh. Yeah. I've been delivered. So, you know, you, you, and give God the glory because you don't know how it happened. I remember I was asking for prayer for something else and, and, uh, this girl had me on the phone with, uh, one of the deacons, uh, she was holding this, you know, Pentecostal. And, uh, she said, uh, Elder so-and-so on the phone, I'm gonna get him to pray for you. I said, oh, okay. So I told her, I think I was praying for a job. I was always praying for a job. And, uh, he said, well, sis, he said, I'm just gonna ask the Lord to touch you. And, and I felt something on the tip of my tongue and a voice said, you will never smoke again. Huh? And I have never smoked again. I have sat and felt myself the ghost, you know, the ghost of your cigarette life. And, but I never had a taste for it. I would think, I said, I used to do something at this point. What was it? And then later I said, oh yeah, I used to smoke. I used to have a cigarette. Yeah. And, but that was it. And then after that, the ghost left. You understand what I'm saying? But but when God makes you complete and whole, it's an experience. It's an everyday experience that there's nothing wrong with you. Stop feeling like you got to work so hard to be something. If we could free ourselves from that, man, could we work for God. Because many times we get out and do things hoping somebody's going to notice. Hoping I get a bunch of likes or I get a bunch of follows or my ministry grows or people tell me that's just what they needed to hear. Grow up. Go get it for yourself. And when there's an overflow in your life, it'll spill over for somebody else. That's how God does it, man. Get free. But his peace is our freedom, folks. It's total freedom for us. From the tyranny of a bad conscience, the tyranny of a past, the tyranny of the devil, the tyranny of crazy saints on Facebook and not on Facebook. You understand what I'm saying? It just, you know, just the tyranny of it all. And, and gives us freedom in him to be what he created us to be finally. Amen. All right, we'll stop. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, if there's nothing else, let us hold on to our peace, Lord. That there's nothing wrong with us. Nothing lacking in us. Nothing that, that we can fix, Father. And if, and if it ain't broke, we, we need to leave it alone. And if it's broke, you fix it. So we honor you and love you, Lord, that you do all things. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God.